Bot Radio Network is pleased to present Encounter, a public service program here on KSIV that spotlights local Christian events and provides information and resources to enrich your lives. And now, your Encounter host, Judy Redlick. Chatting with Pappy. Now, this was a book I could not put down. It took me about three hours to read it, and it is stories from a retired firefighter from St. Louis City Fire Department. Wait till you hear this interview. You might want to get this book, Chatting with Pappy. Let's meet its author. And the byline is Stories from the Firehouse and Other Memories of the St. Louis Fire Department. Frank Shaper is my guest. Frank, welcome. Thank you for having me. What's well, nice to have a firefighter who uh, retired and remembers great things. But the greatest thing about Frank is God changed his life while he was a firefighter. First of all, Frank, when did you decide to be a firefighter? Well, as you read in my book, my dad, when I was four years old, took me into Engine House 38, which currently is Engine House 32 in Grand and Potomac. And um, I could tell you from all those years ago how I felt, what I saw, what I smelt. And when we left that firehouse, my dad had me by the hand. We were walking to the bus stop, and I said, Daddy, when I grow up, I'm going to be a firefighter. So I knew when I was four years old. That goal never changed. So how did you get to be a firefighter? Well, graduated from high school, started at the community college, and was taking college courses. And basically, I was killing time till I turned 21. Ah, because that's when you could join the fire department. Correct. Ah. So, uh, in fact, in my archives, I still have the bus transfer I used on my birthday. Wow. Uh, I went down to City Hall to the personnel department and applied. And how did you have to prepare? I know my son-in-law is a firefighter. They have a lot of preparation, not only to become a firefighter, but also to continue as firefighters. So what did you do to prepare? Well, I was very fortunate because the same firehouse I went in when I was four years old, I continued to go into that up until the time I actually got on the job. So I knew all the firefighters at that engine house, and I had a mentor named Vince Kemper. He drove the engine, and uh, Vince would give me tips on what I needed to do to prepare, one of which he sent me to the library to get an ARCO book on the uh, firefighter exam. I almost memorized that book. Yeah, the firefighters have to take exams. You have to do lots of prep work with exercise and swimming and, you know, all sorts of stuff, don't you? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's a physically demanding job. Physically demanding. And when you're taking it, you do have to do uh, physical performance and pass that to get on the job. And our firemen are public servants. I mean, they don't just fight fires, Frank, do they? Well, no. I mean, in my career, I did quite a few things. Uh, Tell us about the time you had to rescue the man who kept locking himself out of his apartment. Well, that's a good story there because we do a lot of uh, citizen assist, people locked out of cars. And, and this gentleman kept locking himself out of the, his house. And he would walk up. It was just a half a block. He lived on Jefferson and Shoto, and my firehouse was on Jefferson and LaSalle. And he would walk up, knock on our door. And the first time or two, we brought the whole hook and ladder out and whole crew. And then he did it about a third time. 
And the captain said, we're not taking the truck out. And he had me and uh, Jerry Miller, who was a new firefighter. When we walked down the street with a ladder, we put it up to the window. And Jerry, being new, he wanted to show that he could do the job. And he pretty much <laughs> ran up the ladder. But when he got to the window, uh, this gentleman had three junkyard dogs living in there. And they just about took Jerry's head off. So he came on back down the ladder and uh, we we're trying to figure out what to do and we weren't going to go back to the firehouse so this gentleman mr moses he was about 73 years old he says i'll climb up so he got up there and in the process of trying to get through the window he got stuck and the window started to shatter and fall down but he was stuck in the window and the dogs were barking and uh, we were besides ourselves but jerry climbed back up the ladder and uh, actually shoved the guy through the window and then <laughs> We heard him yelling at the dogs, and the dogs got quiet. But then he turned around, and he was sort of like kneeling on the floor, and he had his arms up on the window, and he said, thank you. And then it was about two days later, here he come again. And Jerry and I, we saw him coming, so we ran away because we don't want to go through all this ladder business again. But then when the captain opened up the door, and he told the guy right off the bat, we're not coming down, we can't keep doing this. And he says, no, 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 Mr. Fireman. He said, let me show you. And he pulled a key out of his pocket, and he says, this is my new front door key. And he said, if I lose this one, and he had another one on a chain wrapped around his neck. And so that was the last time we went down to get him into his house. What a great story. Yeah. What a great story. So you came home every night not knowing what you were going to tell your wife happened that day at the fire department, huh? Well, a lot of the stuff I didn't really mention to her. Um she picked it up. You know, we've been married 44 years, and wow. so she knew a lot of firefighters. She'd been to the firehouse. Uh, in fact, the story I could tell you was, and it's not in my book, her and her girlfriend and her uh, cousin came to visit us at the firehouse, and we kept leaving on calls, and I was driving the engine that night. And so we came back, and when I was coming back from one of the runs, I mentioned to my captain that— uh, my wife's cousin, my wife's Tootie, and I said, Tootie's cousin's an Air Force firefighter. He said, well, let's get him to see if he wants to go on a run with us. So we got back, and I asked Bill, I said, you want to, I'll get you my, my gear. You want to go on a run? He said, sure. Well, they had a cake that they brought, and every time we tried to cut the cake, the bell would go off. Oh, again. no, I need to Very make busy. another yeah. run. So we went on a run, and Bill went with us. And so then we came back, and Tootie said, well, when do we get to go? And my captain Surprise, surprise. So, well, if the bell goes off again, we'll take everybody. Sure enough, we had a pull box that was at DeBolliver and McPherson. The kids always would tamper with that and pull false alarms. Well, they pulled it, and uh, we got dispatched down to DeBolliver and McPherson. And uh, as I started up the engine, there was a, a window I could look behind over the hose bed, and I seen all these people back there, and I said, we got a couple of gals hanging on. The captain says, take them for a ride. So she actually got to go on a run with me. Awesome. That was a very busy, very busy night. We kept going on runs and house fires, trash fires, and false alarms. Chatting with Pappy, I'm talking to its author, Frank Shaper, stories from the firehouse. And he is a retired fireman from the St. Louis City Fire Department. Now, how many fires and things turn out to be false alarms? 
Well, in my day, we had the pull boxes. Yeah, they don't have those anymore, do they? No, one of the reasons, they took them out for a couple of reasons. One, they were abused. There was so many false alarms. And then about that time, around 1975, the phone companies start installing phones at filling stations and on the corners. And so since there was, and then about that time, 911 came along. So since there was an easier way to maybe do that. They took them out, yeah. They, they, they took mm-hmm. them out. But it was a shame because it really worked. And you never knew when you went to a pull box what you were going to have. It could be anywhere from uh, somebody who got beat up. We've had ladies who their car broke down and they were scared in the neighborhood. And they knew if they pulled that hook, they'd get uh, four or five firefighters in two minutes. And then a lot of times you'd roll up and there'd be a house on fire. Wow. So you never knew what would happen when someone pulled the handle on the pull box. Now, Frank, before you tell another story, and I got a couple in my mind that would be great for you to tell, but what happened in your life that really changed the tenor of your personality and how you operated? Well, what happened was I knew God. I had a lot of head knowledge. I didn't have Jesus in my heart. And in 1975, I got separated from my wife And I started drinking heavy and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And in 1976, it was August, and I was going to go to work. And I was still hung over from the night before. Wasn't really in good shape to go to the firehouse, but I went anyway. But I prayed to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you got to help me because I was afraid I was going to kill myself. And not suicide, but I was afraid of dying in a car accident and hurting somebody else or killing somebody. And the Lord always hears prayers. He said he hears prayers of uh, kids and drunks, and he heard mine. And uh, December of that year is when I met my wife, Tootie. And then Tootie was, uh, she was a Christian. She knew the Lord. And the Lord used my wife, Tootie, over a period of time. And I always tell people that uh, she actually did the hatred on me. She saved me physically, mentally, and spiritually. And that's a lot of saving. But uh, there's more to that story, uh, too much to go into right now. But the Lord used my wife to bring me to Jesus Christ. Wow, that's amazing. Chatting with Pappy, we're talking with its creator, Frank Shaper, stories from the firehouse and other memories. Tell me a story where you knew that the Lord saved you out of destruction. Well... This one happened, uh, I was still fairly new. It happened probably in around 1973, 1974. I came on in 1969. And I never thought about this till later. There was like two other incidents where I say the angels were on the scene. And this one particular one was on a Saturday morning and there was a a crew tearing down a a building on Jefferson and Victor. It was an old... uh, a car establishment, and uh, it, they, it got caught on fire. And in the process, uh, it went to extra alarms, but in, in the process of the fire and all, uh, the roof fell in. Mm. And we ended up, I ended up in the back of the building with some other firefighters uh, chopping holes in the roof trying to get water there. And we were actually standing on the roof because it fell to the ground. And uh, I was chopping away, and uh, a chimney which was right next to me, fell over and uh, fell. And if it would have hit me, it would have killed me. And I was right next to this thing, and it came on down, and uh, I got flipped. 
uh, if I remember, I got flipped to the left. And I lost my axe, I lost my helmet, and I went flying through the air. And uh, But I was safe, and this chimney fell right between me and another firefighter. And like I said, it would have, it would have killed us. Wow. Stories from Frank Shaper, who wrote the book Chatting with Pappy. If you've enjoyed these stories he's told, Frank, how can people get a copy of your book? You can get my book at Main Street Books in St. Charles. Main Street Books in St. Charles. And the book is called Chatting with Pappy, Stories from the Firehouse and Other Memories of the St. Louis Fire Department. And you know what? I bet when you read this book, you won't be able to put it down just like I couldn't. Hey, Frank, thanks so much for being my guest today on Encounter. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And I hope you all will go pick up a copy of Chatting with Pappy. I'm Judy Redler. If you've listened to me at any time at all, or you've been friends with me, you know that I love to help people tell their story. Another thing I enjoy doing is helping people find their highest potential. If you're in a life's rut and you just can't figure out how to get past your stuck place, a life coach like me could help. Let me walk with you through your journey of transition. I'm a Christian life coach, and to find out more about my coaching, go to my coaching page at judyredlick.com or email me at jredlickspeaks at gmail.com. Okay, sweetheart, I've turned on the nightlight and here's Teddy. Grandma, I love it when you tuck me in. You're my best friend. Don't ever leave me. I love you. Electronic Caregiver helps seniors maintain independence and safety at home with their medical alert system. The Smart Wristband provides telehealth, medication reminders, and personalized messages. If an emergency occurs, loved ones can call for help by pushing the button. More information from Cheryl Wilson at 314-312-0034. Check out more of Judy's interviews at judyredlick.com. That's J-U-D-Y-R-E-D-L-I-C-H.com. Or email her at judyredlickspeaks at gmail.com. Friend her on Facebook. Connect with her on LinkedIn.